Hello, Mixed Nut Cases. This is Nuke Chess, and we saw Godzilla minus one. So you know what that means? It's time for us to talk about it with a little bit of a not-so-dinner-in-a-movie. With me, as always... Hi, I'm really struggling with this one, because I didn't decide what... I couldn't decide what I wanted to do and just introduce myself as... That's what I thought you would do. (laughs) Or, hi, my name is Screonk, which is how it's (laughs) written in the comics... Uh, and I couldn't pick, so I did neither, and I explained it, and I've ruined the show as we start, but hi, I'm Tech. And our, our, our on-staff, uh, Otaku. And what's going on, guys? It's Jason Sands Jin today, because they are working. Hopefully we don't get weather. Yeah, we really miss having Jen on this one, because, uh... Jen had a lot of things to say, so hopefully you can carry over her spirit and carry over some of those thoughts. I'm, I'm hoping to get some of the Jen insights from you in this because yeah. uh, uh, Jen had some pretty strong reactions uh, in our chat uh, about this movie. Uh, I think Nutty, at one point, you're like, "Why didn't you tell me I needed cl- I needed Kleenex?" And then it's like, "I, I needed a tissue for this because I no, crying. I needed a box of tissues, a box for this. of tissues for this," and it was. Duh. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> uh, so speaking of spoilers, this is how we're going to do things. We're going to start by being spoiler free and then we're going to go into spoiler territory. So if you haven't seen Godzilla minus one, you should definitely go see it. If you're thinking, I just want to listen, see if I'm going to decide. We'll let you know when we go into spoiler territory. And then if you stay after that, it's your own fault. OK, it's your own fault. So, Jason. Before we got started, uh, you were telling us how this was all made in the whole American Godzilla movies versus Japanese Godzilla movies. Yeah, sure thing. It was literally, all right, guys, it's 1998 and Matthew Broderick's here. Godzilla. And we're like, John Renault's the only best thing about that movie. We have Godzilla Wars where we literally kick that Godzilla out of the movie. It's one of my favorite. <laughs> it's one of my favorite. And then they're like, all right, we can do it again. We can do it again. We've got Godzilla. And they're like, cool. Here's Shin Godzilla, Godzilla 2014, right? Yeah, Godzilla 2014. Here's Amazing. Shin Godzilla. Here's Shin Godzilla. Bye. And they're like, crap. All right, we'll try again. We'll throw Kong in this time. Godzilla versus Kong. King of Monsters. It's here. The island. Kurt Russell. Oh, you you guys released uh, Godzilla minus one. Mic drop. Right, then. Yep. As, we'll try it again. As Japan goes, no, Godzilla minus one. Mic drop. Done. We, we win. So uh, in a reverse of how we do things, uh, I just want to overall initial impressions rating whatever you want to give it without giving spoilers where does this place on all of the godzilla movies that you've seen uh, this has to be the top yeah uh, this it, it better than the original better than everything because it captured so many things and i there's a couple little and i'll get into the minute little things that bothered me about this movie but the fact that i cried for pretty much the whole movie the fact that this stupid rubber suit monster movie had such an emotional impact on me gives it bonus points that throws it over the top i'm I'm using my ghibli scale here where you start at perfect and then go down and then it went right back up I'm going to agree. This is the like the top Godzilla movie I have ever seen. And I love Godzilla movies. I've been watching them since I was a kid. Um, well, the last one we reviewed on this chain of podcasts is when, you know, <laughs> on the our sister night, podcast, on yeah. the sister podcast where the uh, the 1970s uh, Godzilla versus King Ghidorah with the time traveling little monster puppets. And you, you're saying that this was better than that? Hard to believe. But yes, this was better than that. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, listen. Sometimes you don't surpass the high bar of high cinema, and then other times you blow its doors off. And 
that's what they kind of did here. Um, every aspect that you want in a Godzilla movie, the human factor, the romp and stomp in action and Godzilla are all here. They're all superb. And there's really nothing to compare it to other than Shin Godzilla. I, I will say that this is, this is not a flick. This is a movie, but it is a film. Like this, this is, is cinema. This is cinema. Yeah. We're going to be a little pretentious here. Well, it is definitely like this is something you could study. It's everything you want in a Godzilla movie. It's sorry about that. A giant rubber suited monster going around, you know, stomping. It's not a rubber suit. It's a it, there are some practical effects, but a lot of it is uh, uh, CGI. But it is a giant lizard rampaging through Ginza and other cities in, in Japan. Um but they took like those scenes and put it in a really, really good movie about what it's like to be in post-war Japan. Yeah. And, and that's something that they've never done before in the franchise. The franchise has been very, very serious, very, very silly sometimes, you know, very, very, you know, giant monsters beating up other space monsters. Okay, fine. They've done all of that. But the idea of what if we did this, but we did it good. um yeah and and it takes place in um american occupied post-war japan Mm -hmm. and it's gut-wrenching it is meaningful i am glad i watch this i'm not sure i'm gonna rewatch it just because it breaks my heart um but it is definitely one of those movies that i feel like i'm better for having watched which the the fact that i'm saying this about a godzilla movie is weird to me. So being very, very sad in watching the effects of post-war Japan, I have to ask Jason, how does this compare to Grave of the Fireflies for that level of gut wrench? I will give you my full description of this in spoiler territory, but if something in this movie didn't happen, it would have been up there. Like if if something happened in this movie, if that thing didn't happen in this movie, it would have been up there because I'm going to be honest with y'all. This is probably the first movie I've seen since the original Godzilla where Godzilla's murking people. Godzilla's killing people. And it's not even, it's not even hidden. Like Godzilla's just wrecking stuff. He's just wrecking stuff. The, the opening scene where you meet the original monster before he turns into the giant building stomping Godzilla, when you meet the original lizard on Oda Island, um, he's not, he's not eating dudes. No, no, he's playing with his food. He's, he is like, just grabbing people, throwing stuff. Oh, but this is my horrible joke for that opening scene, that opening montage on the airfield. So the Japanese fighters are landing in this place called Oda Island and Godzilla's going around eating airplanes. Do you know why he kept eating people, Jason, after he ate that airplane? Why is that? Because it had zero calories. <laughs> because it's a Mitsubishi Zero. That was the name of the airplane. That's the joke there, folks. <laughs> Jason's can... head is in his hand. Oh, no, come on. That's and a... he's just he's just done. I don't got kids, but I got dad jokes for days. I mean, to be fair, Godzilla in the same scene did a he did a he did the Wesley snipe from Blade <laughs> when the cops shot him in the hospital. And he's the like, little shoulder check. Yeah, he, no, no, no. When they shoot him, he's like, "Are you crazy?" <laughs> Like Godzilla does that when they're like, all right, shoot at him. And he's like, are you crazy? And then proceeds to wreck their right. whole And then the roar, the roar, um, if you speak roar, you could hear that it was definitely like you have got to be out of your god dang mind. <laughs> yeah, Rory yeah. didn't need subtitles. He totally understood Godzilla. Uh, so one thing I want to bring up here is, um, and this is a little bit of a nerd well, actually, um, people have been saying whenever you try to say Godzilla like, Japanese, we've all heard the term Gojira, but this was Japanese 
language English subtitles, they do not say Godzilla or Godzilla. They no, say Godzilla. Go, they say Godzilla. No, they, they pronounce the L quite fine. Yeah, this whole thing, it's like, a little softer than what we do. It's not la. It's not Godzilla. But it's, it's not Godzilla. Go-Gi- it's not Gojira yeah. either. Yeah. So they um. When they re-released, we're all the, just racist. Yeah, when they released the first movie a few years ago, it came out as spelled G O Gojira J I R A, and I watched this movie, you know, with Japanese actors in a Japanese movie speaking Japanese, and they do not say Gojira; they say Godzilla. According to Wikipedia, the Hepburn, which is the using Roman letters for for doing Japanese, yes. is Gojira. That spelling. Well, that's how, well, that's how you, you write the characters. Yeah. But the, the R and L sound sort of muting together yeah. is a, is a, a, a feature of the language. Yeah. Uh, so, but we heard them pronounce, we, Jason, do you have any thoughts on this? Cause I heard Godzilla the whole movie. No, I, I, I think it's right. I think a lot of the times when we do Japanese films, whether they're anime or things like that, a lot of the, the, the Romaji, right? It's like the least used kind of alphabet when it comes to like Japanese people because they can read kanji and katakana yeah. and all that stuff. So like they don't need romaji. They don't need to spell it out, right? Like honestly and truly I think it's for us. I think it's literally for us. I feel like these these t- changes sometimes fall into the same place like dub, you know, subtitling and stuff goes. Like how you can see the original like literal translation subs and you can see like the just, you know, dub subs and stuff like that and you see those differences. I think this is one of those. But honestly I... and truly, man, um this movie just rocks. Like, I wish I like. There's a light. I could complain. Like, the timeline is garbage. Oh my god, it's garbage. Oh, like, yeah. if you try to plot this thing out, forget about it. Well, no. Like at one point, they jump a year. Uh, they jump a year in the future, and uh, well, there, there's a little. There's a there's a young little actress in mm-hmm. this. And can we give a shout out to this young lady? Oh my goodness, uh, she's amazing. I don't have. Uh, uh, I will find it, but keep anyway, talking. Shout out um, to this young actress. Um, just thinking about her makes me want to cry. Yeah. But at one point in the movie, she's a little baby. That's fine. And then, you know, they progress further into the future and they age her up into a toddler and then they go further into the future and she's still that same toddler. Like at one point they go. So Akiko was played by Sai Nagatani. Okay. Well, I hope I pronounced that right. Props to you, Miss Nagatani. She was Um, great. She was amazing. Um, but, and we'll talk more about that in the spoiler territory, but. They like, like like you're talking about like the movie takes place between 1944 and 1947 I think right uh, yeah, yeah that sounds about between, right between uh yeah 44 and 47 so you have a a young a young a young girl who's aging three years but they used the same actress like she was a baby and then she was a three year old and then yeah. for a bunch of scenes in the middle she doesn't age and that's a little weird yeah but she was so good yeah especially yeah. in the scene. Associated with what I said didn't happen. Um, she's ex, like absolutely oh ex. Just absolutely killed me. Absolutely killed me. So, um, if, if you look up the reviews for this movie, um, you know, they're all very high. You know, it's an 8.4 out of 10 on IMDb, 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, wow. 80% on Metacritic, wow. 4.8 out, oh, sorry, 4.8 out of 5 on Google. Um, but apparently, uh, it debuted with a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and the reviews from Americans were overall positive. Although, you know, there's some criticism. But when the film got its first negative review, the director simply tweeted in response, "Finally, 
<laughs> because there's no way that you can have a movie without negative reviews. That's really, that's really funny. <laughs> no, and you're not going to appease everyone. You never will. It's art. Art is subjective. That's the, that's the, the point. But that's like the best quiet low key burn ever, though. Like, if you're the first person to say something bad about this movie and the director's like, finally, y'all came out the woodwork, like, you got to feel bad, right? Uh, I think my favorite is that the director of Godzilla 2014, uh, he attended a screening of the film and he said uh, he described a feeling of jealousy while watching the film, stating this is what a Godzilla movie should be. But 2014 was so good. Yeah, but it's not the same. No, no. No, no be well, fair. Well, at, at one point in 2014, Godzilla does look at the camera and wink. So th- they did give us some of the rubber suit silliness that we expect from a Godzilla movie. And speaking I- of rubber suit silliness, th- there's a thing I noticed in this that I thought was really, really cool. In the original Godzilla rubber suit monster movies from the 60s and 70s, um, Godzilla's tail is suspended to the head by a cable that you can't see. So the tip of the tail is up and as the actor walks around the cardboard Tokyo the um the tail sort of wiggles well this was all done with like modern computers and rendering software but the tail moves the same way his tail the tip of his tail is up in the air and it wiggles about like it was connected with a cable because now that's canon that his, that his tail just sort of flibbles about a bit so i love that little thing that they put in there wouldn't that be awesome if it was like and low key, not credited. Doug Jones as Godzilla's tail. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not all of Godzilla. He's just the tail. Like he's they just were the tail. It, yeah, he's. <laughs> it's so important to get the wobble right. They had to go hire Doug Jones. Andy Serkis <laughs> is the actual Godzilla. <laughs> they Voltron together. I keep telling you. I, I've mentioned it on this podcast before. I will mention it again. We need to see a Voltron type movie. Of three superheroes, we need Andy Serkis, Doug Jones, and Ray Park to, together as a trio of superheroes who combine to make the best CGI actor well, ever. And then there's that other CGI actor that we don't know about because he's that good. Like, yeah, let's yeah. not forget, there's probably somebody out there well, that's just need, amazing. You need five to make Power Rangers or summon Captain yeah. Planet, so I'm sure there's two more great unsung heroes out there that we've never oh. heard of. The 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 fifth one's going to be the black guy who played the original alien, like that dude who was like seven oh, feet that tall. Seven footer, yeah, 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 yeah. That he's the last guy. Oh, but no, man. Like, I, honestly, man, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. I was a little worried. I was a little worried because it is a little bit of a downer, a little bit. But they bring it up. They bring it up. But um, I was I was a little worried. I was a little worried. But I think I think this has primed you guys for Parasite. But do you think it's without without going into details? Do you think it's primed me for Grave of the Fireflies? Because I'm not sure. No, I would have to let you watch all of li- uh, your line April for that. Oh jeez, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Your line April. I've heard your rundown of it. Uh, I think it was for Rich the TT years ago. Listen, uh, your line April makes me cry every time. Every, yeah, I've watched, your, your I've description it of full. it made me cry. So I think yeah. I'm good. Did yeah, you I've watched cry, it in full. Did you cry during Godzilla minus one? Ooh, it almost got me, man. I'm telling you, if the thing had of act, if they had the if they had the conniptions to actually do the thing, I would have been upset. I would have been very upset at the end of this. All right, how much longer are we going to go without spoilers, Nani? Uh not not longer anymore. <laughs> so I was actually just moving into this. So if you've been listening and you are going to go see Godzilla minus one, pause this. Come back to it later. That's fine. It's not going anywhere. There's no expiration on podcasts. You can always come back uh, because we are going to spoil everything. 
and do not come back to me and say, oh, but you told me all the details. Well, because I told you to go away. So you have ample time to stop the recording. There's not going to be any juicy bits that you miss. You don't have to fast forward to the end. Um, if you want to hear me thanking the patrons, it's the same on every single one. Okay, it's fine. You're also, fine. bye, everybody. There, you bye. heard my goodbye. There you go. We're good. good. Um, so now we're going to enter the spoiler territory. Two, one. Okay, they're gone. <sighs> I'm full of chicken. Let's go. Let's I, do this. I thought they were going to kill her, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, if they kill this lady after I have fallen in love with this couple, I promise I'm leaving this theater. First off, he does not deserve her. Ooh, he does he not. He does not deserve oh, her. Nor- Noriko? Yeah. No, no one deserves Noriko. But I will say, I will say, I will say, man, he does do her a solid when he watches that baby. He does her a solid because she, because she's being pounded and just dips on this baby. Oh yeah. So let's, let's, yeah. So at the beginning of the movie when she's running because there is crying thief and she just hands some kid a baby and then she ditches him and he's sitting there with the baby and he puts the baby down for a minute. I'm like, you are not going to do that. Come on. And then he goes back and he takes the baby and then finally he starts to go home. And she's like, what took you so long? Bro, there is, there is so like, one of the things I love about her is that she never, ever doubts his courage or bravery in this movie. She, again, like you just said, everything she needed to know about him in that first interaction, when when he he said, I couldn't leave her. When he brings back the baby and she's like, what took you so long? She already knew he would. Like, she's the only person in this movie who does not judge him for his actions as the kamikaze pilot who could not do it. Like, she's excellent. actions. Yes, she's excellent. She's 100% excellent. And it's not even her baby. So she's yeah. doing all this stealing stuff to feed this kid and it ain't even hers. And I, I really enjoyed that interaction because... You know, he's like, why are you dressed like a vagrant? You know, and she goes, I'm not a harlot. And I think basically she's like, I'm not going to sell my body. Um, And and then he goes, I wouldn't judge you. You've got to survive. Like, you just do what you got to do. Like, there's no judgment. I don't care. And then just the the whole thing um, of there's never any judgment. There's never any attempt on anything. Um, like they, they are living together, but they are not together at all. And I, I, I don't know. I kind of respect that in the sense that like, you know, as he says, I can't, I can't marry her because my war is not over. Like I can't bring that on her. God, the, that say, why didn't you marry her? You knew how she felt. And he answers back with, because my war wasn't over. Over. It is a it is a gentle romance, but it is brutal. Like the oh. the getting the getting there is brutal, and it's but it's very adult. It's not yeah. like one of the things that the American Godzillas never get right is the human side of it. Yeah, like the biggest problem with that 2014 Godzilla, you kill Brian Cranston in the first like 20 minutes of that thing, and now we're stuck with um the the actor who played Kick Ass and. Uh, uh, and Scarlet Witch before she was Scarlet Witch. Like, they're not the ones you linchpin your hopes and dreams on. I'm sorry. They're just not there. Brian Cranston was that dude. Um, and then in the Godzilla, um, Godzilla King of the Monsters and Godzilla versus Kong, again, those human characters just don't give you anything. They don't give you enough. These characters have such an just climactic opening intro like the way they meet each other is excellent because he had just gotten ramshackled by his neighbor 
Like his neighbor had ran him the riot act. Oh yeah. yeah, for being a failed kamikaze pilot, and that the fact that you know Japan is now destroyed and that the empire is gone is his fault because he didn't do his the lone job. his the lone pilot didn't off himself yep. in yeah. in defense of this obvious losing battle. And the and the best thing I do love is that every person who's in the military they show openly knows that they're going to lose. Has just openly admits it. Like they're just like nah, bro, it's done. Like it's over with. Like y'all don't understand. They dropped the sun on us twice. Like what do we, what do we do with that? And so like the fact that the people around him, other than this one girl, just do not like him. They do not like the idea that he thought preservation or discretion was the better form of valor. Well, and the thing is like, I don't, I don't know that that's what he thought. I think he was just scared. He just froze. He was just scared. Yeah. Like, you know, cause he did, he was, he was trained as a fighter pilot. He was not trained. It was, he was not one of those kamikaze pilots that were just pressing, you know, we, we just teach you how to get there, fly, you're good. And then you're going to crash. We don't even have to teach you how to land. Like he landed on a very difficult landing. Um, as, as the mechanic had said, as Tachibana said to him, he was like, I can't believe you actually did that because th- this is a hard landing zone. Um, but it, you know, he wasn't meant to be a kamikaze pilot. He then became a kamikaze pilot because they all were. And, you know, he froze up. And then when it came time to fight the lizard, the original Godzilla, the the little Godzilla, he, he was there. He just froze up. He couldn't do it. His hands were shaking. And then it was it was more inaction and fear, which I guess is is the big thing. It's like, oh, you're such a coward. You're such a... It's, so the it one, happens. so the one thing, uh, my, my first little problem. Yeah. Uh, with this is that from everything I've read in my study of World no. War II is that, uh, kamikaze pilots were locked into their planes. They were, they were like locked into the cockpits because they didn't want them jumping out. They didn't, you know, it's just in case you, you suffer an attack of nerves. We're making sure that, uh, you have no choice. You are going to complete your mission. Okay. So they didn't do that in this, but maybe they chose not to because he was already a trained pilot and mm. uh, they're like, okay, he's a good honorable dude. He's going to go do his job. We didn't have to press gang him into killing himself. Uh, so maybe they wouldn't in his case. Mm. Um, and that was one of the, the, the first few. And you know, maybe my knowledge of history is not a hundred percent. Maybe they didn't do it for everybody. Maybe they only did it for some, I don't know. Uh, but they didn't do it for this guy. Um, and, yeah, he's the the kamikaze pilot that um uh, couldn't do it. Now, the thing that I found interesting was that they used the word kamikaze, which means divine wind, uh in the uh subtitles, but listening to the Japanese that was spoken in the movie, they never said the word tama- uh kamikaze. They used another word. I think it was tokusai, which I think um is attack, attack squadron or something. I don't know, I'm not 100%, but um they didn't use the word kamikaze. I think that word is just for us. One of the things I think very interesting about him is that he sucks. And for the concept of a kamikaze pilot. Yeah. But you know what he's really good at? Being a soldier. Mm-hmm. He's really good on the gun. He's really good in the plane. He's really good at, he, he, hell, he even fixes some of it a little bit. Like he works, he's really good at it. Like he did the, the motorcycle thing. He was on the boat doing the stuff. He's a, he's a really good soldier, right? Like he's a good dude. He loves his country. He loves the people around him. But like, they do a really good job of showing that he's this person beyond his shame. And 
it's it just his story is really really good and i really didn't have a problem with it. a lot of these movies drag when they get to the the human aspect of this and i think that a lot of this is very tense because honestly godzilla's looming through this whole thing there's not really a moment where godzilla's not this ominous presence coming even after the original oda island stuff we as viewers know godzilla's coming and so the, that big lizard foot's going to drop and when it does a train back into the city, <laughs> which I thought was excellent with the well, tail. No, he throws the boat back into the city. He cuts a train in half yeah, with his yeah. jaws. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, because Godzilla's not playing around in this movie. And it's excellent. No. Um, no, he is not. And the now, what a lot of people may not know is that from the original Godzilla movie, which I think was 53, is that Godzilla is actually an allegory. For <gasps> nuclear weapons. You don't say. What? 54. What? Okay. If you didn't 1954. know. 1954. I have to say it or somebody's going to yell at right. us. Well, th- thank you very much for well actuating me. Sorry. But uh, no, that's great. So, but Godzilla is nuclear weapons. The, the whole thing is that Godzilla is a giant monster that we can't put back in the ocean and Godzilla will destroy the world because that's what we did to Japan. That's what these movies are about. This movie got that correct and got it, you know, Max. they got silly and they got weird and there was baby Godzilla in there somewhere in the 70s and there was even a Godzilla in Godzilland TV show that happens to be the cutest thing ever put on TV for young children. Yes. If you want to learn how to count in Japanese, watch Godzilla in Godzilland and try not to fall in love with his girlfriend. Godzilla. Godzilla. Who has hearts for spinities. Yes, she's amazing. Uh, and he use and Godzilla uses his atomic fire breath to cook fish before eating them, but they have to count the fish first: ichi, ni, san, chi, go, and then they eat the fish. Um, it's it's um this movie also so while being a perfect allegory for nuclear weapons and the horrors of what nuclear war will bring to the world, it also happens to be probably one of the best depiction depictions. Excuse me. Uh, in film of PTSD and X. what yeah. troops in war go through, whether they kill someone or not, whether they are a mechanic or not, whether they are a frontline soldier or some rear guy fixing airplanes on an island in the middle of nowhere. War changes you, usually not for the better. I and I have never seen a movie do this so well. The, there's only three, and this is one of them. Uh, Godzilla minus zero, Godzilla minus one, um, 1917 and, uh, the, the Punisher, um, is mm-hmm. the, the portrayal of the portrayal of PTSD from Marvel's The Punisher TV show series, uh, by, um, on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. By John, what's it? Bar- uh, John, John Berenthal. Berenthal. I was going to say uh, Barrowman, but that's completely different. Yeah. yeah. That <laughs> is, 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 is a very different Punisher. He's, he's really good. He's really good in that show. He's real, real good. Like, um, at up until this movie, I would have said that was my number one, like his portrayal in that, especially with like the, the A kind of AA style meetings he went to and was helping with and stuff like that. And there was like a circular story arc with that. Like just really good. But well, Godzilla minus. I, I also have to mention, if we're going to talk about, uh, we also have to mention, uh, Rambo. Max, that last Rambo movie was real good about that. Not the first um, and, one. and the first one. I was going to say the first one. Like the, the first one was really, really good too. Like, and ob- that, there's a call to that kind of in this movie when he says his war wasn't over. And oh. in that first movie, one of the best lines in it was when, was, was when Stallone says the war's never over. Yeah. They, yeah. Sh- they shot at me first. It was self-defense. 
you know, so it's real good. In addition to the soldiers' PTSD, though, we're also seeing the PTSD of Noriko, the, the survivor's guilt. You're seeing the neighbor. You're seeing, you're seeing the, the, the guys he's on the ship with. Everyone. Like, how it affects everyone. And, and then you also have the kid who, you know, is like, oh, I wish I went to war. I yes. wish I went to war. And she's like, no, you don't. It's and like, e- everybody that is on that boat is all in the same agreement. One of them's like practically strangling the kid over it. But, but the, the, the one, the, all of them are like, yeah, no. When, when Shikishima tells him, um, what's his name? Uh, Koichi, uh, when he tells him not having been to war is a victory too. Yeah. He, he's every veteran's nightmare. His unbridled excitement and lack of consideration of the risks and the impact and the massiveness of war. And the, and he does the thing and it lets you know exactly what this character is when he asks the main character. So like, what was war like? Tell me about it. Like you were a soldier, right? Tell me, tell me, tell me. And he's so excited about it on this boat. And the captain of the boat looks at him and he's like, you dummy. Like, what are you doing? Like, you don't ask that. Like, yeah. And, and, and it, you know, it's like, I'm sure each of you have run into this. You, you, somebody gets overexcited and they think they're showing support and they think they're showing you how, uh, how much they respect you. And then they come out with like stupid things like, did you kill anyone? Like, sh- shut up. I've <laughs> never had anyone ask me that question. No. Um, but the, the one that I got is I, uh, when we were overseas in 2009, I, I was getting letters from, uh, Canadians and I got one from a young girl who said, uh, I would love to be a soldier, but I could never do it because I'm, I'm scared. I'm too chicken. And I had to write her back was like, do you not think we're afraid? It's like, we're, we're regular people too. It's like, yeah, yeah, guess what? The stuff over here, it's scary. But what I have to rely on is the fact that I'm surrounded by people that are trained just like me and that we're going to get through this together. And it's in teamwork. That that's how an army works. One person can't win a war unless you're a giant lizard. Yeah. Well, um, there's that. Facts. Facts. And or or if you watch robot jocks as many times as I have, or if you're a dude in a giant robot and you're gonna go stomping around, you know, facing other giant robots, then maybe one man can win a war. But until that happens, one man can, one person cannot win. You yeah, and it's need to have everyone around you working together. That's the strength. That's what makes an army. So yeah, guess what? Uh. Hey, Jason, were you, were you afraid overseas? Because I know I was. Facts. Like, facts. Like, I, I you know, it's, it, I think they, again, the human side of this thing is done really, really well. It's, and, and, and again, this character even learns a lesson by the end of this thing and even gets his time to shine kind of in a soldiery way, but actually doing the thing he's just really, really good at, which is like being on a fishing boat, looking for mines. He helps. Like, I just think they all, like this whole human side of things is really, really good. Like it, and it, and I keep saying that, but it's, it's, it's a surprise because you don't get this a lot, especially in creature features, right? Like, yeah. We love to talk about the dialogue and the camaraderie we see in the first alien and aliens, right? Like game over, man, game <laughs> over. Or when, or when Hicks and, um, our wonderful, hey, Vasquez, have you ever been mistaken for a man? No. Yeah. Like, you? <laughs> like, or when the Lieutenant and Vasquez are the two that are in the, the tunnel together and they meet their end with the grenade. Like you have that moment with them and we love all these characters, right? Like, I don't think there's any character in this that I hate. I think they're just very human and they're all really done well. Like even the, the ex soldiers and military guys who get together to put this thing together towards the end to fight Godzilla. Like 
I also really think good. that the character construction is really good because you know pretty much everything you need to know about everyone the moment they come on the scene. Like when you first meet the boat crew, the the mind sweeping crew, we get everything we need to know about them like within the first scene. And as you know, when when you know the the kid says, "Oh, did you know that Doc was such an important such a big shot?" is like, "Yes, he told us." He built weapons for the war. He told us he was a weapons designer. We know he was important. But th- there's, a, there's a part in that scene when he first gets to the boat. Yeah. I'm like, they're going to get the boat wrong. They're going to get all this wrong because they don't know what minesweepers are. And then as he gets to the dock, he goes, oh, this is our boat? And the guy goes, yes. And let me explain to you what a minesweeper is and why it needs a wooden hull and a flat bottom and needs to be small and needs to be this and how we're going to use a cable cutter to bring mooring mines up and just because the dangerous mines are the magnetic mines. Um, and they took 30 seconds, I think, yep. to explain it. And my inner nerd, who is just me, it's guys, it's just me, just went, oh, wow, they actually explained it. God, I'm happy. They even show you. They even show you how it works. Yeah. They even show you how it works. Again, guys, for all you future movie makers out there, show, don't tell, guys. It's this pretty is how great. you do exposition. Yeah. Hacks. There's no, there's no clunky radio broad signals. There's no, there's no, there's no, um, opening crawl, even though opening crawls can work. Now, how did we, how did we find out that the little Godzilla Rory type monster on Oda Island how did we find out that he became giant irradiated nuclear spinities Godzilla? It was in a montage of showing the effects on Japan after World War II. And you see, and they show you, Bikini Atoll, Castle, was it Castle Bravo? No, Operation Crossroads. It was Bikini yeah. Atoll, Operation Crossroads, the first nuclear tests yep. in the Pacific. You show the big atomic blast, and then they just show Godzilla's eye, and it glows blue, and there's a roar. And that's it. That's all you need because you know he's pissed because now he's full of radiation. So, um, we were talking about how Godzilla was playing with his food. Well, apparently Toho canon is that Godzilla doesn't eat humans. He kills them, but he doesn't eat them. Nice. Oh, okay. So so maybe that's why, maybe that's why him and Godzilla always have a wonderful, like, fish lunch, you know? Yeah. Because he's a, he's a, he's, he's a, he's on a, um, he just doesn't want to eat us pesky humans because we're gross. Probably don't I think it good. would make a very different kids show, Jason, if Godzilla was walking yeah. around in a cartoon eating people. Just tossing them back, tossing them back. Like Attack on Titans style, just crunch, crunch, crunch. So I, so with Shin Godzilla, my big, one of my critiques was what Godzilla looked like. I hated his hand. He had those skinny, like rigid looking hands mm-hmm. and I really didn't like them. I did like kind of the more bulky Godzilla from the 2014, but again, I thought he was kind of more rotund. He was honestly, he was an American Godzilla. It's like when, you know, when oh, Top he, Gear, went to, he went to good life. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He, uh, he came to America, realized we have more McDonald's than we have restaurants and, uh, had a good time with some 20 piece nuggets. Um, but, but they this, do this a Godzilla good combination. Had, he had like little, he had like little T-Rex arms, but they were human arms. You could tell yeah. they, they based it on the, the rubber suit because they're human scaled arms, but they're tucked up close to his body yep. and he doesn't use them very much or yeah. at all. They, yeah. they really wanted, even though it was all CGI, they really wanted Godzilla to resemble the rubber suit. I mean, Godzilla in this has got a paunch. Oh, he's so and he's got pretty. a donk. 
Yeah. But he just, he looks just so good. And I love the throwbacks to all the additions to Godzilla, right? Because remember, originally, when Godzilla breathed atomic fire, his spines didn't glow. Later on in the development, they started to glow. In that uh, Godzilla versus Kong movie, or which, or maybe it was Shin Godzilla, I can't remember, where the spinities would extend and then slam in, and it was like, Godzilla's now locked and loaded. Yeah. Kind of in this movie still, and I'm okay with it because I like those little goofy bits. No, the the, the spinity is like starting to glow from the tip of his tail up to the top of his head, and then popping out as he's getting ready to fire. I mean, this is like this was bringing back like like Evangelion and yeah. like um, Mobile Suit Gundam like levels of you know mechanical animation of oh we're getting ready we're getting ready to fire a uh, uh, space battleship Yamato. You know, when you're watching all the inner workings of the engine start to spin up or a uh, uh, super dimensional fortress Macross where you watch the cannons start to suck in energy before they fire where, you know, th- this is a trope, but I think they did it very, very well. And the fact that when the atomic breath fires, it is silent, like there is no noise of it firing. And then the giant kaboom as the nuclear explosion goes off in the distance and he just destroys half of Ginza. Um and can we also, can we just give them props for showing the fact that there is also a secondary issue when the when the air that was immediately pushed out and creating the vacuum comes back? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The, the blast and suck. These Listen, are, these are like, things that are known. So um, uh, in any other Godzilla, did he have regeneration? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, he's always had like the Highlander-esque like, like in the originals, what happened was like they would, they thought they could fight Godzilla off with like high powered radiative radiation yeah. weapons and they just healed him. Like, right. He would get shot with them. They would do no damage. He'd come back stronger. You know, now in this one, they, and Shin Godzilla, they actually gave him kind of a regenerative thing. Like that's why in Shin Godzilla, they had to freeze him instead of actually trying to kill him. And in this right. one, they just kind of fend him off. But like, we didn't ever see the regeneration the way that we do in this because that looked really good. Yes, I don't remember seeing it not. like that. Yeah, we've not. Honestly, th- is this pro- other than Shin Godzilla? Like these are the probably the best CG Godzillas, right? Like this one yeah. in 2014, probably. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons why is that they said we're going to do it CG, but we need to respect the the rubber suit. We need to respect the the practical effects that we've done previously and they so godzilla is so expressive and the face is so expressive and i think that's what makes it work is it really is like honestly this is this is the cutest godzilla i don't know if i talked about this yet but like as soon as i saw it i'm like why is godzilla so darn cute he's adorable i want to snuggle him he's got a dad bod i'm all for it well maybe this is maybe this is like teenage puberty era Godzilla because like we only saw like small non-city stomping Godzilla and even this Godzilla is not as big as the Shin Godzilla Godzilla so like maybe he's still growing maybe this is like 14 year old Godzilla you know he's 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 a young but he's adorable yeah, he is you know? so adorable, so expressive. Um, you you don't even need to be able to speak squeonk to know what he's saying, um, because he, his mannerisms just have it. Like, yeah, I don't know. know. I, I I'm I'm here for this this monster. So I am this so is, happy. This is not the best roar that he's had though. This is not the best squeonk. The 2014 I think had the best one 
of them so far. But what did what did you find out, Nutty? How did they make this Oh, they roar? played the original roar over loudspeakers and then recorded that. And that's what they ended up using. And I'm not sure why they had to play it over loudspeakers. Why they didn't just use the the original, but maybe they wanted some distortion. Maybe they wanted it to sound bigger. So can, can recording I let... sp- loudspeakers doing it would give some more of well, that echo. It, it, it's like, you know, like punk artists in the 90s talking on the microphone over a megaphone, you know. To yeah, get that, that exactly. Yeah, that kind of a thing. Um, um, and we I'm, all know where the original sound comes from. Where's it yeah, come that, from? That's what, I was, that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say that, uh, maybe the problem was Toho fixed their front gate. Yeah, yeah. they fixed their front yeah, gate. It was, it was just the sound of a rusty front gate swinging open to make yeah. the monster roar. Some, some really well-meaning janitor came through with some WD-40, WD-40. And, <laughs> and destroyed the roar. They're like, they've no! Been, they've, been, they've been trying to get it back ever since, and they never have. They've been cursing his name ever since. Totally fired him. They're like, look, you you destroyed Godzilla's roar. I didn't know. I like, didn't know that was that gate. You should have had a plaque. Could you imagine? <laughs> they're, they're like mandatory Tuesday five-minute safety meetings at the Toho production facility. All right, everyone, and welcome to the Tuesday safety meeting. Everything's great. Also, F. Yoshi, the janitor. Right, F. Yoshi. Meanwhile, he's in the corner going, thanks, guys. I, I didn't know. know it was that gate. Like, And it's the one guard they had assigned. He's like, I was just on a cigarette break. <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> uh, I, I, When we left the theater, I did say to Tech, I said, um, this was so animated me. Like you had anime character types and especially when he was trying to get things done and they're like, I'm sorry, we can't find touch about it. And he slams his head on the desk with a big old bow arms to the side. Please help me. I need to do this. I was just like, I've only ever seen that in anime. Well, I think it's I, I I don't think that this was very anime. I think that's just a, a send up for the anime that you've been watching that it's that much into the tropes of Japanese TV and Japanese movies. Maybe. Yeah, because cause wait for it. Shin Godzilla was more anime to me because it had an Itano Circus laser in it where it shot those lasers out of its spinities. Like, that's an Itano Circus. You can't get more anime than that unless it shot missiles at its Let's mouth. Let's also not forget Doc's hair. The impossible hair. It's like, amazing. Oh, my God. Uh, and it stayed like that on a boat. I know. That curl pattern, man. Right. I, um. But does that not remind you of the Major's boss from Ghost in the Shell? Listen, could we have someone needs to edit the scene of him on that boat to the thing from uh coming to America? Let your soul glow. Yeah. And it's just him yeah. with that haircut. <sighs> but you're oh, right. Man. It is. It is, man. Like th- they do pay some homage to like the stylings of anime. Cause like, again, I feel like you're getting a lot of Grave of the Fireflies with the human parts in that earlier section of the movie. You're also getting these hairstyles and these character tropes, and it very much feels like they're kind of paying homage to those things that they came from with when it comes to Godzilla comics and cartoons and TV shows and all that good stuff. Like, and this is what you want in a Godzilla movie. Like, this is what you want. Like, you want goofiness. You, you know what? Let aliens come from space with a robot that looks like Godzilla, and we're going to fight. Like, let's do it. Like, this is what we want out of Godzilla. We don't need Godzilla to be super grim dark. We don't need Batman, you know, save Martha. We, we don't, don't need, need Godzilla to be super grim dark. What was this movie if it I, wasn't super I, grim? Dark? I do I do not need a Chris Nolan Godzilla. No, I really don't. Ah, I really don't. I do Although, not, I do not, not so need f- a Zack Snyder Godzilla. No. Yeah. 
No, Can this you imagine was... Godzilla's roar in a Nolan movie? I was born in the deep Pacific. Squawk. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. For some reason, Godzilla has a mask. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Um, I, I, I have to add on, by the way, more objectification of the Godzilla monster. Uh, Godzilla thick. Look yeah. at the thighs. I know, right? Like the thighs and that tail. Mm, Godzilla well, thick. Yeah, but there's a reason for that. Like, yeah. like there's a bunch of points in this movie where Godzilla comes out of the water. Oh, yeah, because Godzilla can tread water like nobody's business. Right, but he can tread water, like, up to his hips. It's like yeah. The only way he can do that, like, like, by all laws of buoyancy, is if he thick. Yes, yes, thick yeah. and, and treading water like a mofo. I mean, like, he, he, he learned from synchronized swimmers. Uh, never, <laughs> Godzilla never skips leg day. Never. Never, never all, skips leg day. Those, or tail day. Arm day? Forget about it. He doesn't know what that is. But legs and tail day and core, he's got it. Yeah, he's he's, he's a boss. He's, I mean, he's now I want to see Godzilla in a weight room doing tail curls. You know, he's got like a ta- a tanker truck or a yeah. small train, and he's just curling the thing. Well, why do you think Godzilla could launch himself on his tail and do a missile drop kick? Well, you know, he's done that. That's canon. Not in this movie. That's good in this movie. I will say, uh, I do want to applaud, and I'm just moving tactics away from objectifying Godzilla more. <laughs> I don't want him to feel uncomfortable if he listens to this. Um, I got, hi, Godzilla. Hi, Godzilla. We R- love you. Big R- fan. Rory says roar. Right. Uh, but um, the uh, the way that they had to build their force to fight Godzilla, because it's like, look, the Americans don't want to do anything because they don't want the Soviets to think that they're doing something. Um, and they don't want to spark a problem. We don't have a military. We can only do this as civilians, and but... All, and all of our ships are disarmed, so yeah. all of the ships after that have either the gun turrets removed or yep. the gun turrets with no guns in it, which yeah. is what happened to the JSDF. Yep. Um, uh, and then and then it, it was the... So it's everybody coming together, and then it was, um, you know, at the end where all the tugboats came out and they're like, we could do something, you know, and, and I love that. Now, I don't know much about sailing. I, I do not know much about tugboat operations, but I do have to say that the tugboats got the lines. The know, pros. The, all, all those tugboats got those lines cast onto the ships and then they started tugging real quick. But you're right. That's their job. That's their job. And this is one of those things, like Jason said, this is the one big problem with this movie is that the timeline sucks and that there's a bunch Dude, of like snippets. There was like six minutes between Godzilla opening his mouth and starting to fire and then the plane coming in and everybody turning their head and a whole thing and a look and everything. Okay. Meanwhile, they would have been toasted. Okay. Remember how we said there was homages to anime? Mm-hmm. Dragon Ball. Yeah, if that I was can, a total Dragon Ball. If I can Ball. drag out a Kamehameha wave for 23 minutes of an episode, I'm just, ah! <laughs> listen, Godzilla, guys, listen, this is, again, I think, God, this is pre, this is like pre-early teen Godzilla. He ha- he only does the breath, what, twice in this movie? I think maybe, so, yeah. th- Maybe three times? And so he's getting used to it. You know what I'm saying? He he has it. His voice is still cracking. He hasn't got that roar where it needs to be. You know, so, give him a few years. Let him get some more Godzilla snacks in. Let, let him fight let Mothra. Him, you yeah, know. you know we need some Mothra. Some of the some of the can we talk about Gigan. the different Chekhov's guns in this movie? There's so many, <laughs> <laughs> but they pay off. I think they, I don't they think do. they miss one. I don't think they miss one. No, they don't miss a one. <laughs> but like. 
Uh, he's a fighter pilot. He's great. He's got a great shot out. He needs to use that later on. But then we keep talking about ejector seats. We keep talking about ejector seats. Oh, let's look at this plane. Oh, look, that, 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 that looks like an ejector seat. Why does that one have an ejector seat? Okay. Oh man. Oh, so for, for, for tech Mm. over here, uh, when they say we've got a plane, but it's a little weird. As soon as you heard that, we've got a plane. And it's a secret, and it was a prototype, and we've kept it locked in this garage. And then in my seat, I'm jumping up and down going, it's the Shinden, it's the Shinden, it's the Shinden, it's the Shinden. vibrating. And then they they rip off the tarp, and it's like, it's a, it's a prototype warplane that never saw combat. It's called the Shinden. Yes! God, that made me so happy. It's so cool. Tech breathed atomic fire in the theater. Ah, yes. you know the coolest part is that the the uh the mock-up of the Shinden, which was a real prototype, a real aircraft that Japan was really working on in World War II in collaboration with some German engineers. That's why when they show you the ejector seat, it's there's a a warning, a warning, this is an ejector seat and it will throw you out the airplane is written in German on the back of the seat. This is all real. This is all a hundred percent. Um, you know why it's put together so well? Hmm? Uh, because apparently, um, Belle Dandy and her crew put it together for that. Yes. It was even <laughs> in a, I have a comic book downstairs of, oh my goddess, where they talk about the Shinden. Um, and they find one and they rebuild it in their little mechanics club in their thing. And, uh, Belle Dandy being a goddess is able to talk to the spirit of the airplane, uh, and that the spirit of the airplane wants to fly. The problem is when it goes up into the sky with the main character aboard, it doesn't want to land anymore because it's too happy flying, uh, which Listen, you know, is the crux of the episode. Hey, you know, it's fine. Belle Dandy is OG waifu. She's also a motorcycle riding goddess. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, the prototype, sorry, the mock-up of the Shinden that they made for this movie is so accurate and so real that it is now in a war museum in Japan. Yeah. And I want to go see it. Uh, but I also want to go see the actual Shinden at the Smithsonian. Yes. The act, what's left of one of the, there was only two and what's left of one of the Shinden is um at the Smithsonian in Washington DC and apparently uh, all of the rest of the parts are listed as like parts comma miscellaneous and they're in a warehouse somewhere in DC and there is a plan to rebuild it but like all of the museums in the world it requires funds so if you would like to see an actual Shinden which is probably one of the coolest planes ever designed in the world if you want to see one why not donate a couple of your bucks to the Smithsonian? Just go ahead and, uh, or if there's something cool at your local museum and you want to see more cool stuff at your local museums, why not give a couple of bucks to your local museums? When's the last time you went to a museum? Maybe go um, again. And if you're a regular viewer or a regular uh, patron of museums, go more. <laughs> yeah. Like honestly, man, real talk, real talk tech. Um, last year I went to DC, went to the Smithsonian, saw the African history, um, African American history museum, yeah. the Asian history museum. Um, it was fantastic. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, they even had the, um, cause I saw Ruth Carter's, um, display of the, um, her fashion she's done for movies like Malcolm X, um, Selma, Black Panther one and two coming to America one and two low down dirty shame, all those movies. Um, they had her collection of costumes that she made for those. 
on display. Wow. And they had that at the local art museum in my hometown. And then it was up in DC too, after it left there, it got up to DC. It's in the basement of this uh, African-American history museum. It's really cool. Go see it. Worth seeing. She even designed LeBron James's Fortnite outfit. Really? Yeah. Wow. It was there. Uh, I remember you shared some of those um, uh, pictures with us. I was really cool. Uh, yeah. So the Shinden definitely, oh you knew that. Uh, oh my God. The whole, like, she, so when Noriko passes and um, she, she, she shoves him. I, like the whole time, I'm like, can you guys get between buildings? Can you guys get between buildings? And then finally, this wave is coming and everyone's staring at it. And all you see is she just shoves him between the buildings. Right, and I'm like, yeah. oh, no. So this is during the attack on Ginza. When, Ginza yeah. when Godzilla finally throws his atomic fire breath and makes an atomic explosion inside the city. Noriko saves the main character's life by shoving him between buildings and taking the blast full on herself. And then this, he comes out and you're like, there's no way. But then they have a whole funeral, the whole thing. Bro, the the movie plays this so close to the vest. I was hot with this movie at that point. I was like, you are you kidding me? And then are you the kidding little me? girl absolutely no, no, crying. Th- that scene when they go back home and the little girl is there talking to, to the auntie. Yeah. And it's like, when's mommy coming home? It's like, well, mommy has to work for a little bit. Obvious lie. Little kid divines that it's a lie and when that little girl starts crying uh, it got me um she i forget jason you cried during this right listen i it uh, it it almost got me with the fact that they killed they killed almost our, almost it almost got you monster me. you cold-hearted it monster me. it almost got me it I was got me. crying through the whole thing. It was, I was close. I was close. If they had to put the two scenes together, remember earlier when she asks, when, um, they basically, the little girl talks about him being her dad. Oh my God. So, or, and, and he's like, nah, that's not it. And then if you follow that up with the Ginza scene and then this, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm ugly crying. I'm not happy with this movie at all, but they gave us a little bit of space and I was okay with it. You're a monster. I was sobbing. I had to go blow my nose afterwards. Like I was like, I, I just can't see, be seen in public. You're like talking this. to someone who's been destroyed inside. I've seen Grave of the Fireflies more than once. Horrible. Jason is like in the theater, jabbing himself in the thigh with his keys to feel pain, so he doesn't have to cry from what's going on. Takahata didn't take it all. He didn't <laughs> take it all. Um, but yeah, that little girl starts crying. We all lose it. The uh, you know. Why didn't you just marry her scene? Uh, okay. That's brutal, uh, by the way. That's so scene, brutal. The scene where Noriko is like, I don't need your support anymore. I went and got my own job. I'm <gasps> Ooh, answering, she's so cute. I'm answering yeah. telephones at a, ta- at a, at a, at a factory in Ginza and she's in her little work uniform. She's so proud. Oh my God. She was so cute. But can we talk about like also the fact that like she wouldn't have been there if he had married her? Like, yeah, man, yeah. he's he's eating L's, big yeah. L's in this movie. Like yeah. he's taking these things to the and he's dome. there, and then you hear, and you know the the monster has made um contact on, and you hear over the radio Ginza, and then you're like, oh no, because we all know where she is. Also, uh, in the time that it takes for Godzilla, uh, uh, they never tell us how exactly far away they yeah. are from Ginza, but the fact that Everyone in Ginza is running away from the giant atomic monster. 
but yet him on his motorcycle managed to make it into the city in time to be there with her for the attack and happened to be on the right street. Timeline, the timeline is a big, is a big minus in this movie because they, they play it fast and loose, but I was crying at the time. I couldn't read the subtitles. I was okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, speaking it's of 13 that, kilometers. So speaking of that, um, from Jin, hot from Jin, hot from, hot from, hot off the press from Jin. Mm. I bawled when the lady was swept away. I was upset that the love story would have no closure. Although in the back of my mind, I knew she was alive. She was in the hospital at the end of the, the end was pure relief. No cliffhanger. <laughs> like that is, listen, that is someone who has lived in a home with me and been forced to watch things and being like, you know what? I'm just going to, you know what? I just got to hope for the best. Just got to hope for the best. <laughs> as soon as, so when he leaves, um, uh, Aki, uh, what's her name again? The little girl. When he leaves the little girl with the neighbor and then the, the telegram comes to the neighbor and I'm like, Oh, mom's alive. That's great. <laughs> like I knew it as soon as that happened. I, I didn't, I didn't, I was, I was dumb. It's like, okay, what could the telegraph be? Yeah. It was then, like, this I, is good. I'll tell you what I really thought it was. I thought it was that they had found her real parents. Facts. That's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, they're going to, they're going to have to get the daughter taken from them. I was like, I thought they were going to have to do with that. Also, the full circle turnaround story for this neighbor. Excellent. Yeah. 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 I, I love her. Can we just say there's like more character growth in this one character than most films? Like, as as the meme goes, it's still a better love story than Twilight. Facts. Like, you can't like 365, 50 shades of gray, twilight, they're all trash romances. It's like, I don't you, think, I don't think there's a single kiss in this movie. No. And there's no sex, there's no spiciness, there's no nudity, and this has to be one of the better love stories I've seen in a movie. And yeah. you, and you see, honestly, you see the male main character cry. You never see the female main character cry. Not once in this. She she's, is a strength. She's a she's tough a cookie, bro. Yeah. She's handling her business 10 toes down. Now, the other Chekhov's gun is the whole, we're going to keep talking about ejector seats. <laughs> and then you'll see one. Well, well yeah, because at one point they mentioned, it's like, yeah, well, Japan, you know, was still strapped for cash during the war and we couldn't build everything. We had to build everything. We couldn't even build planes with ejector seats. Ejector seats didn't exist until the very end of World War II. And the only country that ever built them was Germany. Um, so... They may have existed in small batches, but the thing is, they weren't part of the, the, the they weren't part of the, 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 the regular sort of, uh, apparel or the regular sort of gear that a pilot flying in World War II would have. No one flew with ejector seats. As a matter of fact, most of the countries, the cushion that you sat on in your seat in the airplane was your parachute. It was called a seat tray. And, you you can see photos of pilots walking to their airplanes with this weird sort of a thing dangling under their butts. It's that's their parachute. Yeah, they sat on it, and then when they would they would open the canopy of their airplane, they would jump out, they would pull their parachute. Um, but that was all manual. the The idea that's one thing I have with this movie: that whole line of yeah, well, we didn't have planes with ejector seats. Nobody did. We didn't know what ejector seats were. We didn't make them because we didn't need them because planes were flying so slow that you could just jump out. It wasn't until um, like high performance aircraft like the Schinden no. and the Pfeil that was made in Germany 
and uh, other uh, yes, Jason, I know more than two plans. Um, and jets. The, the other thing is, there's a problem with the subtitles, but they keep talking about jet fighters. Oh well, the jet fighter this, jet fighter that. We didn't have jet fighters in the Pacific Theater. Maybe some showed up at the very, 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 very end of the war. Before. I'm going to argue though that um that that's probably more of a translation issue than I think so. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't. I don't think that the that's because a lot of what they had was like really on brand. Like, um, I remember seeing that uh, you know, there was the Roman characters on ships. I'm like, that's interesting. And I looked it up, and it was like, no, 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 that that was legit. What was happening? Right, they painted during the American Eng- o- occupied. They Japan. painted the English name on the side yeah. of the ships. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's funny. I feel like the continuity guy should get a get an award for this movie, even though they can't tell time. Because obviously yeah, the timeline the is one thing, but like a lot of the accuracy was pretty much the outfits. And the other thing is, let's not forget that this is an alternate timeline because the moment Godzilla appears, we we have changes in actual history. Right. Because Godzilla was supposed to rampage through Tokyo. Yeah. And in this, he rampaged through Ginza and then was stopped in Tokyo Harbor. Like, I mean, yeah. like, stopped because, well, he ate a shinden and then it blew the top of his head off. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, so, He'll be right, though. He'll be right, though. Like, as soon as they mentioned, as soon as they said, oh, he's going to, as soon as I realized that he was going to suicide his shinden into Godzilla, I knew he was going to eject. Yeah. And when you saw him peering over the cockpit canopy and you see the warning on the seat written in German, it's like, okay, so they've equipped their model with an ejector seat so they know that he's going to eject. Now, as an absolute nerd, uh, I have to get mad that he didn't hit the button to detonate the tail prop first because the ejector seat, they were always worried that if the pilot ejected that he would get the chopped up by the propeller behind him. So -hmm. there's a button that would blow the prop off before you ejected. They didn't do that. But then again, he was flying at a giant, at a giant lizard. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not horribly mad. Uh, The fact that they had a Shinden in the movie in the first place as one of the world's most beautiful airplanes um, made it into a, a stupid Godzilla movie, man. Man, I love this movie. I mean, just <laughs> just sorry, think guys, of, I just, love this movie. Just think about this tech. You have like I don't think like I'm saying, you know, like movies like Pearl Harbor, 1917, those things, they're probably pretty accurate. But like they're probably not going to like redo a prototype plane that there's only two made in the world to to, to make this movie accurate. They're not going to do that. No, you know, they're, they're not going to do that. All those, all those movies try for accuracy and they all have like varying levels of success because they all decide, everybody decides, right? Of like, what is important to show that I'm paying attention to history and what can I ignore for the sake of telling my story? So some movies make a lot more liberties with some parts than others. And that's okay. This movie played it pretty tight to the chest yeah. for things that were actually real for things that actually happened what japan looked like what it was like uh you know what the ships look like what the planes look like what the everything but this all takes place in a movie with a giant rubber monster that they're trying to you know stop a lizard from attacking tokyo uh but other movies that are just straight i'm gonna tell a story about world war ii and i'm gonna have it starring nicholas cage 
And that's it for historical realism. Man, I'm so mad at you, John Woo. I am so mad at you. Nah, you'll be mad at him at Silent Night. You're gonna the gun plays <laughs> the gun plays good, but is it it's racist? Well, Real yeah, racist. real racist. But I w- what I will say is honestly, the way you feel about these the plane and the accuracy of the the stuff here in this tech mm-hmm. is how I felt about the parachuting scene in Overlord, um, this horror movie from 2018, where they actually have paratroopers jumping in during the um. Before, prior to the D-Day invasion to try to set up, get the signal down so they don't get aerated into to oblivion. And then they, they land on zombies? Yeah. Basically. Oh, cool. So basically there's a scene where the ship gets started getting hit from beneath. Yeah. And so you see them stand up, hook up, and it's a, it's a green light go and they all go like chalks. No secondary pushing. It's emergency go. Go, 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 go. And I was like this is the most accurate thing I've seen of a paratrooper probably ever in a movie. It was excellent. I was super excited. And then zombies showed up and I'm like, let's just win. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's this honestly, man, um, Godzilla minus one. If I was going to rank them out of the top three, which would be Shin Godzilla, the original Gojira and this, it would probably still go Gojira for me just because I'm really a big sucker for black and white. Really good. I don't like that American edit with the white guy added, but Gojira would be up there, number one. Wait, there's an by... American edit with a white guy added. Yeah, they to to localize it, they put in this really fa- this famous at the time um, Hollywood actor when they cut the movie up and, and brought it over. It took years before we got the original version. It's just it's it's fine as a Godzilla movie, but you can definitely see they ch- it's a chop chop. You can definitely see it's a chop chop. Uh, yeah. um, um, but yeah, but yes, yeah, this would be second. So before we continue, like, there's one thing we haven't discussed, and that's, you know, I mean, we discussed it a little bit. Like, we get a happy ending. Like, it's weird. I was fully prepared for... It's a a monster movie with a happy ending. Yeah, I was fully prepared for our boy to be dead. Hey, Miyazaki. Hey, Pete, Miyazaki, take notes. Yeah. And we got an ending. We got an ending. That's, That's what he needs the notes on. Like, just imagine, like, the plane hits him, it blows up, and then he keeps walking towards Tokyo, and then you get credits. Yeah. It's like, Miyazaki, that's how Miyazaki, that's how would, Miyazaki end would have ended it, right? Then you get, like, a post-credit scene of just, like, rubble. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, but no, like, we, we get an ending with this, and it's a happy ending. Although, I mean, if you dig deeply, you know it's not going to be a happy ending, because wait for it, they're all going to die of radiation poisoning. Well, that's what I kept thinking. I'm like, congratulations, everybody's going to die of radiation yeah, poisoning. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I saw Chernobyl. Godzilla's a walking blight. Like, that's I mean, like Godzilla's a walking as, blight. As Godzilla sinks to the bottom of the harbor, you see the glow, and you know that the radi- that his powers are fixing him. And then if you, did you stay and watch through the credits, Jason? No, no. no. Was there a post credit? Yes. Well, sort of. It was so audio. At the very, very end of the credits, it goes to a black screen and all you hear is the Godzilla screonk one last time. At, and his heartbeat. And his heartbeat. Oh, nice. So yeah. they're That's... setting it up for a sequel. Apparently, uh, was it Nutty? Were you telling me that apparently this is a prequel to the Shin Godzilla That's franchise? what I heard somebody say behind me. But the more I'm reading about it, I'm not so sure because apparently the director um, was a huge fan of Shin Godzilla. And he was like, you want me to follow that? And um, he had a special screening for that for Shin Godzilla's director. 
and Shin Godzilla's director kept coming to the set. So there was some collaboration going on. Nice. So I don't know if it's a true prequel, but it's a spiritual prequel at least. Um, there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of references to Shin, a lot of, you could see it that way. The way I view all Godzilla movies is there's no prequel, sequel. They're, they're all Godzilla and they're all canon and they're all also not canon. So it, it's a Godzilla movie. Just I, just take it for what it is. I, ca- I can't wait for the next one. I don't yeah. know what it's going to be. But the fact that, you know, the original 1954 movie was him attacking Tokyo and that this, they stopped the attack on Tokyo. Yeah. So I don't know what that means for the franchise. But if they want to bring any of the great King Ghidorah, Rodan, uh, Mothra, they want to bring any of them back and do a sequel to this. I'm in. This I'm in, is one I'm of in, the I'm few in. Godzilla movies since the original that Godzilla wasn't fighting anyone else. That is honestly and truly, that's probably my biggest critique of this modern era in Godzilla franchise with starting, probably starting with the 2014 Godzilla. I need other monsters. You can't call him king of the monsters and not let him stretch his domain. Like, where is Gigan? Where is Ghidorah? Where is Mothra? Where is all the rest? Where's Excuse Monster me, that, Island, guys? That's King Ghidorah to you. I, well, until he meets Godzilla, that is. Speaking of King of the Monsters and everything, like, the name Godzilla is because he's meant to be a god. He's god and a monster, but not god in the sense that, like, North Americans would understand or Westerners would understand. It's a god in the sense that gods can also wreak havoc. And you feel a lot of like... Speaking of gods, Mm -hmm. can I get Godzilla to fight Hakuho? The greatest sumo wrestler of all time? (laughs) I mean, Nutty, Nutty, are you saying that like in the Shinto faith, there are multiple things that could become a god because they have significance and meaning in our culture and that like people put energy and time into these things? Are are you saying that like there's nuance to, to things considered gods and deities no they don't do that in what are you talking about no it's red white and blue <laughs> jesus is the reason for the season oh god anyway uh, god, just, just, can I just isolate that clip just, oh <sighs> no wait i have the best sequel oh no no um godzilla versus totoro why? Oh. So he, so they could just like, so Totoro could just lay on his head and go to sleep whilst he destroys America. Totoro, Totoro. Right, because anyway, he's protecting Totoro's home field. Like that, and it, it plays throughout the movie because the main character is like, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I, this is my fault. Like I am bringing this. Like he still feels like it is his fault. Meanwhile, meanwhile, had he just gone and been a successful kamikaze pilot and never landed on Odo, this still would have happened. Still would have happened. All these dudes would have still got murked. This whole thing would have happened. Like, but God's- it that plays into that survivor's guilt. Like, that's not how it feels. And when he has to find Tachibana, I love it. He sends him letters saying, "Oh, it's all your fault." He's like, "I knew if I angered you, you'd come find me and right. beat me up." So. Well played, sir. I gotta give give a shout out to my bros. The whole idea, it's like, oh my god, the world is gonna go to crap and we're all gonna die. Who do I need? Get the mechanic. And they get the mechanic, and guess what? He saves the gosh darn day. He He shows up with his friends, and they fix the thing, and they make it happen. Alright, but are you gonna talk about the, the, the explosive thing? Well, one, the mines on that boat were pretty gosh darn huge. And we watched... We watched Godzilla eat a mine and it exploded and then he just regenerated and went, yeah, 
no diff. It's like it blew up in my jaws and it blew a little bit of my cheek off and I regenerated it and I'm fine. But then they're like, oh, well, we took out the fuel tank and put a bomb in there. and We took out two of the guns and we put a bomb in there. It's like, yeah, but there's no way the explosives they put in that plane are anywhere near to the explosives that were in that death charge. And sorry, in that, uh, that mine, that moored mine. So, um, I have a little bit of a problem with that, but the idea that when you need to save the world, you call your mechanics. I just want all of our listeners to just be a little kinder to your mechanic and to your maintainer and to the personnel that fix all of the stuff that you rely on every single day. Because guess what? Hey, guess what? We can save the world from giant monsters. That includes and the IT guys. That includes the IT guys. I was, I, was gonna, I was just about to say, you could have replaced this with a, not a mechanic, but you could have replaced it with a cook, a combo guy, the, 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 the office guy. Look, we your, needed your tugboats. Armorer, your armorer. Hey, the the tugboat guys that show yeah. up at the end. And guess what? Hey, I brought a fleet of tugboats and I can save your ship because you suck, but you're nothing without me. And then all of a sudden, the fleet of tugboats saves the day. Uh, and the kid gets his moment. I also yeah. love the whole idea of we're going to just make him go all the way to the bottom of the trench and then bring him back up. And we're going to use pressure regulation his, to kill him. This is like a D&D party. They threw his ballast off. This is a D&D party solution. That's what that is. Well, the whole idea is that, guess what? Well, none of our weapons can kill him. But you know what can? What's that? Physics. Physics. Use science. Science. It was, listen, this was so, I was like, are y'all treat Godzilla like, so wait, are y'all like a little kid in a swimming pool trying to sink a beach ball? What I needed is an immovable rod. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. How big is this what? room? That fireball. How big is this room? Fireball. Um, but yeah, so I, I, everything about this was good. Everything was stimulating. Um, how long was that movie? I don't know, but it didn't feel long. It didn't it feel was. nothing dragged. It was very well paced. Yeah. Um, I never looked at my watch once. Um, it, there was no scene that felt extra. two hours, four minutes. Two, two, yeah. I was going to say two hours, five, two, four minutes with credit. So that's, you're in and you're out with a Godzilla. I'm okay. Yeah. There's no, um, there's no scene that felt extra. And there's at no point that I felt that, you know, what I needed was another 10 minutes of exposition. It's everything was tight. It was well shot. Um, it was beautiful. It was a wonderful look at the horrors of post-war Japan. It is a wonderful story about the horrors of nuclear weapons, whether you believe that or not, because that's what they meant. Um, and, it's a wonderful Godzilla movie because I, I got to watch the monster Godzilla stomp around a bunch of cities and throw trains and chomp boats and have a great old time doing what Godzilla does. I, I, uh, 10 out of 10. Why? Yes. 10 out of 10. Why did I have so much? Why did I have so many feelings at a monster movie? Like we had a pretty stressful Christmas. We went and visited two families. We had all kinds of issues and trials and tribulations and many things happened. And then we drove the eight and a half hours home and we get home. Let's go watch a movie. Let's go relax. Let's go watch a Godzilla movie. Let's, let's watch something that tech wants to watch that we will not require brain power for. And we sat down in our chairs and we crunched on our popcorn and, and Nettie felt, cried like a toddler and felt every feeling we've ever had. And just, I did not expect this from a stupid Godzilla movie. Because guess what, my friends? It's not stupid. This is an awesome movie it's that, so happens beautiful. To, that happens to have a giant monster in it. 
So in our theater, we're sitting down, we're getting ready to watch it. Uh, it started, there was like seven of us there, but I think in, in total, we ended up with like what, 20 people in the theater? No, more than that. More than that? Okay. It, It ended up filling out, but towards the end, like the movie's not even over yet and two people are leaving and I'm like, They've never been to a Godzilla movie before. Listen, yeah. listen. So, so this is, that is one of Jen's ultimate pet peeves with the movie going audience. If so, like, basically she's like, if you're watching a superhero movie in the year 2023 or 2024 and you do not stay for the mid and well, post credits, they didn't stay for like, the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. But like, it's people getting up early in movie experiences and Jen's like, what are you doing? Sit down. What are you do like, you want to see, Jen- oh my God, you want to see Jen get mad? Let someone get up early and just try to bounce out a movie. Like, but the thing, one, well, there's a couple other things with that. Also, um, like, we'll stay for the credits because one, we're going to give respect to the people that worked very hard on this movie and we will stay for your credits. Um, two, uh, we know enough people in the industry and we know enough about the industry that, um, we're always pleasantly surprised by credits at the names that pop up because we recognize some people or some friends or there's a or shout just- out. You know, like the the song came from here, or the special thanks went to this. Yeah. There's always something. There's in There's the always something really interesting in the credits. But I also noticed that there's a lot less credits in a Japanese movie than there are in like a Marvel movie. Yeah, and yeah. well, I mean, let's be real. This movie cost them fifteen or fifteen million or less, and it grossed near it grossed nearly ninety million on that kind of budget. So there like, and apparently the hardest thing to do with the CGI was the water. It wasn't the monster. It wasn't any of the other stuff. It was the water. A nearly, to be fair, this, like the content of the movie. So if you, if you, if you just go from start to the beginning of credits, this is a sub two hour movie with a $15 million budget or less. Yeah. And they pulled in nearly 90 mil. They're going to get a sequel. It is the highest grossing Godzilla movie in Japan. Um, and. I really, I found a poster in IMDb and it says for your consideration. I really, I hate, I hate the awards industry. I hate the politics behind it and everything, but I really hope it gets some awards because it's, this is a beautiful movie. It and should it win something for effects. Yeah. The, the atomic fire effect or the atomic breath yeah. um, effect. Uh, I hope they win something for special effects. But the um, acting, the writing, the direction, this, like everything is good in this movie. The thing I is, hope, is I don't speak enough Japanese to know what makes a good actor in Japanese. I know that, okay, so they followed all the tropes and it was kind of hokey mm-hmm. in some points, but it felt like every other anime I've ever watched. But I don't know enough of the subtle nuances of Japanese to know if that's a good acting performance no. compared to, you know, like a serious drama picture. Um And... Man, could you imagine? Could you imagine if this wins Best International Film? That would they, be so, amazing. So that's still a category, but now those movie those movies can also still get yeah um the big boy the the best motion picture, which is how Parasite won it. Um, but okay, do you think this is better than Parasite? No, because they're not the same movie. They're not. If I'm watching Parasite, I'm not going to watch this. These are not a good double feature. It's kind of like no. Totoro. It's kind of like Totoro and uh, My Grave of the Fireflies. Not a good mix, no. which was a real double feature, by the way, guys. <laughs> like when they no for real for real when this thing came out back in the day it was a double feature with Grave of the Fireflies and My Neighbor Totoro. Like real talk. Please tell That's me a, you at least got to watch Totoro first. 
I have not looked up to see which one was played no, first. Totoro's to cheer you up after the death. Yeah, I've, I never, I never figured out which one was, was played first. Cause think about it. Who's staying to watch the next movie after Grave of the Fireflies? And who wants to be surprised by watching Totoro and then seeing Grave of the Fireflies? Bro, they're mean in Ghibli. But, <laughs> um, but no, yeah. like, I, 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 I honestly think that these two fit into their wheelhouses very, very well. You know, Parasite being a drama and Godzilla being this monster romp. Because this isn't a full drama because, again, we've got a big stomping lizard in this thing. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think they fit in their wheelhouse really, really well. I think Parasite does the human parts better because that's what that movie's based around. But man, this, there's not a monster movie that I can even bring up that I think meets this level of satisfaction for me when it comes to seeing a monster romp and stomp around. Like I was super happy with this movie. Like I was really happy with the movie as dark as it is. I was very happy with this. Like I can't, like there's not very many movies as of late that I have gone out of and just been solidly satisfied with. Even regardless of how good or bad they were, like um, I recently saw was it Thanksgiving the 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 Turkey Day themed horror movie. Mm-hmm. It was a bad movie, but like when was the last time we got an original slasher with a with a villain that we hadn't seen since the eighties? You know what I'm saying? Like we, you know, what I'm and so it was, it's just good to see a Godzilla movie that we can watch and just be like, hey man, that was a Godzilla movie. Yeah. Can't but I really mean, do- it, this was, this was everything. It was, it was a film. It was cinema. It was a heart wrenching story. It was a Godzilla movie. It gave us everything we want from a Godzilla movie. I guess some criticism is that uh, there's not much of Godzilla in it, but that's not like you don't have to see the monster on the screen for it to be impactful. Yeah, no, it is everything that the monster has done uh, to, to impact everyone's lives and thank that's you for the co- point thank you for quoting ridley scott because yeah. you don't see a lot of the alien in alien it's still a good movie yeah well but the, the, the hmm? it's Less true for all more. the godzilla movies if you look at the percentage of godzilla in godzilla movies mm-hmm. godzilla doesn't need to be there for no. us to see it and and to see that impact um yeah, I, I just love this. I was looking at, you know, what are the best international films that came out in 2023? Well, we've reviewed two of them on this podcast. Oh, really? Which ones? The Boy and the Heron and Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> nice. um, oh, man. Is this yeah. better than Boy and the Heron? Yes. Yes, it was. I think it is. But apparently Boy and the Heron uh, ranks higher, I, I according to this one website, well, movie web. Cinema. Listen, listen. I think it is. That sparkly vampire kicks it up a notch in that movie. That sparkly, that sparkly vampire is putting on a show. Christian Bale, take notes. You were in the same movie with this guy. Also, take notes from Batista. Those guys are kicking butt and taking names in voice acting. Oh my God, I love Batista in that. He's so good. Um, um, but yeah, the, the, the Godzilla is, I, I, we have, we have some friends that we were talking about movies and they were, so, um, the mom's from Japan, the dad's from Canada, the kids are, bilingual and it was i'm we're gonna go see godzilla as a family i think i need to watch the boy and the heron before i take the kids because i need to decide if they're, it's going to be okay for them and now i'm sitting i want to have a conversation and say okay but like how did your kids handle godzilla yeah <laughs> i mean if they I took it a lot more during godzilla if they took it like troopers 
then Ooh. the only escalation is Grave of the Fireflies. That's the that's the Ooh, next step. You got to see if they're really tough about it. Like you got to, are you really down for this cinema, the cinema life? Like no, you got to, you got to see. Gotta I don't want to do that to them. They're way too test cute. Guys. I love them too much. I mean, the kid takes martial arts lessons from us and willingly <laughs> comes back. So they are a pretty tough kid. Yeah. But, you know, they, listen, you, you expose them early to see who's the true otaku. <laughs> no, no um but yeah so that that's a conversation i want to have i, mean, I want to say like how did your kids handle godzilla minus one because you were i was ugly crying it's like you weren't sure about the boy and the heron but you like no doubt no stop no nothing took him to godzilla minus one but that's the thing the like, are... i didn't expect to have all these feelings in no! godzilla i wanted the to see are... a monster like beat up tokyo and instead i had all these feelings and emotions Listen, listen, this honestly and truly real talk. This is how a lot of people in my day ran into anime. It was like, Hey, can I get this movie? What's the name of that movie? I don't know. Something about legend of the overfiend. Sure. Watch it. It's a cartoon. <laughs> Oops. Like this is how, this is how some people did it. They're like, Oh, it's a Godzilla movie. That's fine. It's guy in a rubber suit. It's whatever. Go ahead. Watch it. There was so many dead people, Bobby. <laughs> Yeah, I want I want to watch something. Uh, I you one of these cartoons. What's going on with these these Japanese cartoons you're watching? Yeah, go ahead and watch this thing. It's called Oh My Goddess. Watch this an episode. So I'm in love with Bell Dandy. Yes, we all are. Welcome to the club, sir. <laughs> um. So I'm wondering also, like, how many people uh this is going to be their introduction to what post-war Japan actually was like. You know, the fact that they are living. In a bombed out like yeah. alcove. Yeah. This is a good Godzilla to start, right? Like this is like you could use this as somebody's intro to Godzilla, right? Yeah, like, there's just absolutely. one problem. No other Godzilla is gonna hold a candle to this. It's just all downhill from here. Well, no, no, but it's downhill, but but you're going down a super fun, happy slide. Because after this, it's like this is where you go, okay, so this is the serious one. Then you go the original Godzilla next. You go, this is how it started. Now, let's have fun with it, and let's have him drop, kick, tail, slide into people. Let's have him kill the bad guy, and yata, peace sign, I did it, jump like a schoolgirl. Let's have him wink at the camera. Like, we can have a lot of fun with this giant monster. Yeah, let me let me show you that Matthew Broderick Godzilla. Now you're going to watch this one. Yes, that is a rubber suit replica Why? of that Why Godzilla. Why does anyone ever need to watch that again? Because it <laughs> makes the fact that in that movie, in the beginning, when Godzilla literally goes to America just to have a rubber suited version of that Godzilla come at it and it kills it. And then it leaves America. It is the, it is the funniest thing of Japan doing this, thumbing their nose at a, at an American attempt at Godzilla. It is amazing. I, I really wonder, like, for every time Americans try to make Godzilla, like Japan's got, and Toho's got to be like, you know what? Let's, let's show you how it's done every There's single time. There's just some cigarette smoking, balding executive sitting in a shadowed room and just some poor intern has to knock on his door and be like, sir, they made another one. And he's like, don't worry, I've got this. But he's sitting at his desk like that scene from Evangelion, like the director from Evangelion, yes. where it's it, the blacked out scene. He's got his hands tented oh. in front of his face with the mirrored glasses. And he's just there going, let them come. I saw somebody had posted a picture. It was like somebody from the one somewhere of the, in yeah, one of the okay. Japanese self-defense uh, Air Force squadrons posted 
a picture of their squadron commander as Shinji's dad as their like official squadron photo. That is so excellent. It's really good. That's so excellent. I wish I could find it though. But yeah, like they just, they're just like the Cat Williams joke. I'm just waiting. Say something. Say something. Let somebody say something. Go ahead, America. Make a Godzilla movie. Say something. Cause they're just, they're just, they just have them in the holster. I think at this point, they just got them locked and loaded. Like, cause remember, we've also got that, um, Godzilla King Kong thing coming out or whatever. Like, um, God, it's like rock and roll. Airwing 21. Here it is. Yes. It's, it's rock and roll God King Kong or whatever that movie is coming out. That's, that's supposed to be following this up or whatever. It's in the same, you know, oh, I got no idea. Godzilla thing. It's, yeah, it's, it's coming out. I don't, it looks, I, people are excited about it. I'm not, I'm not. I, you don't sound excited. I still haven't seen, um, Island of the Monsters. I haven't seen Godzilla versus Kong. Um, I need to I watch them. Like yeah. they try to, yeah. There's a there's a whole thing about King Kong making tools out of Godzilla spinities, and it's just, yeah. It's, there's, there's a lot. There, those those movies go off the rails really quickly. Um, but that's for another day, another time. Can we rate this like we do on the Ghibli cast? Sure. Awesome. So, uh, I'm ten out of ten. You are not good enough for Nariki Nuruku. What's her name? Nariko. Nariko. Thank you. Uh, ten out of ten. My war's not over. Ooh. Oof. Um, Jin says the graphics for this movie were some of the best that I've seen in a Godzilla movie. Yep. Godzilla growing more powerful and larger during the movie was epic to watch, and it felt like something that really could happen with you know an animal or something like that, like some natural disaster type thing. Sure. It was devastating in parts when you watch Japan break down and become demolished and rebuild and the community socially coming together. It was heartfelt and legit. Um, and she rated it eight glowing spinities out of 10. And, uh, and I, I would, I would have, I wouldn't give it a 10 out of 10. Um, because I don't necessarily know what a 10 out of 10 Godzilla movie would be for me. Okay. So how could they make this better? Not break my heart. Give me another monster. Um, I would say if you, if you, if you gave me one other monster, and I don't need it to be someone iconic, it could have been some of the smaller guys, like the praying mantises or the giant ants. You know what I'm saying? Like any of those things would have been fine. Um, just to just to know that there's more of a threat than Godzilla. Mm. You know that like even though you defeated Godzilla, it fought something else, and there's something out there. That's a good lead into Monster Island. So I think that could have gotten me the the, the rest of the way to a ten out of ten. But I will give it a nine out of ten. Um, atomic breaths. Silent atomic breaths and a 10. Fair, fair. All right. Well, that's what we thought about Godzilla minus one. And, uh, what about your rating, buddy? I, I already said 10 out of 10. Oh, 10, out of 10, 10, out of 10. Nariku is uh, too good for you. Like, you don't deserve her. And that's to everyone. And no one deserves her. Or should it be 10 out of 10, uh, little girls crying that oh. break your heart? Like, oh. I don't know. Who cried better? Cloud when Eris died or. Akiko. <laughs> no. The, the, Akiko. Yeah, this little girl did. Like, yeah, no. She's, she's, she will forever. She's like worse than Ewoks not waking up. Oh, like, man. definitely. Live action Totoro movie for this kid? Let's do it. Oh, my God. Yeah, basically, we keep calling her. Um, the reason I didn't know her name is uh, between she's us. We kept call- May. Yeah, that's a little May. Like, if I find her sandal somewhere, oh, oh boy. Oh, no. Oh, boy. <laughs> the only thing I needed in a post-credit scene, and this is a shout-out to all the other Ghibli movies, is I needed a scene of Godzilla going back to Oda Island to find that his mom has recovered from tuberculosis. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, we got that with, uh, oh, turns out mom's not dead. She's just disfigured and, and, you know, recovering in a hospital, uh, and only just woke up. Okay. Two last quick lightning round things that I <laughs> okay. have to mention. Okay. Super fast. One. Um, why is it that in every scene where the main character has a head bandage, do people keep grabbing him by the head bandage? <laughs> yes. Dude, leave it alone. That sucks. It's got stitches underneath. Stop touching ah. it. <laughs> also, um, I love that every time when you see like nuclear Godzilla, when we go past the Iota Island, when we see nuclear Godzilla about to do Godzilla things, you hear the original 1954 Godzilla theme. Oh yeah, they were working that in I like the entire loved time. It so it much, was so good. Uh yeah. I so that's what waiting. We... I just kept waiting for the Wu Tang Clan to show up. Bop 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 bop. And that beat was kicking. Uh, but that's what we thought. And let us know what you thought of Godzilla minus one. And um, did you cry or are you a monster? Bye. I'm not a monster, guys. I'm just dead inside. You're a monster. And we want to thank our patrons, without whom we would not have two episodes a month. So thank you so much to everybody that's been sticking with us and keeping us going. Thank you to our big daddies. Thank you to uh, Jax, our top patron. And thank you to Jason and Rich the TT, our other fellow big daddies. And thank you to our patrons of the arts. Thank you specifically to Hugh, Mark Cabot, the Encaffeinated One, and Susanna. And to all of our other patrons, the lifeblood, those that keep us going, um, thank you so much to Shane, Selganor, Andy, Clifford, Grig, Harold, Ian, Justine, Ken, Kinsey, Mike, the Radical Geek, Will, and Zachman. Thanks so much, everyone. You keep us going. You give us two episodes a month and you keep us coming back to that microphone. So thank you so much for your support. Nutty Bites is produced by Nimless Studios under a Creative Commons Attribution No Commercial Non-Derivatives 3.0 International License. That means you can't change it without my permission. You can share it and send it to your friends. Just link back to me, my site, and everything. We live at nimless.org, which has links to everything social media, including facebook.com slash group slash Nutty Bites and patreon.com slash nukejoss or call 347-Nutty42. 